0: I'm happy to be joined by my next guest uh, here, and I will give him an opportunity to introduce himself, name, job title, and a bit about his organization.
1: Good morning, thanks for having me. Uh, My name is Richard Taylor, and I'm general counsel for Nordic Naturals a Nutritional Supplement Company, whose corporate offices are in Watsonville, California, um, we pride ourselves in being a um, completely integrated we have we do the processing, the manufacturing, and the distribution of our uh, nutritional supplements
0: great uh, and just for the context of our conversation, Rich and I met at a legal conference uh, you know some months back, and I personally was impressed with some of the advancements. Uh, rich personally had made is it related to engaging with senior leadership and effectively standing up and advancing his law department so to that point and maybe a nice segue rich into my next question give us a sense of so when you think of uh what you do there day to day week to week uh what does a, a day in the life look like
1: well now it's obviously quite cri- radically different than when i first arrived uh i've been with Nordic Natural seven years, and I came from private practice. And when I arrived, or when I was hired, I was the first general counsel. They never had a, a legal counsel in-house. So when I arrived, there was zero, um, zero processes, zero. Uh, there was nothing. So it was kind of a, an interesting <laughs> arrival when it was, "Whoa, what do we do here? Nobody knows. So first thing i did was to get um all the i i went around and asked everyone who who was being used as outside counsel and what they did and and kind of um, immersed myself in that project to start with so um initially it was it was interesting and difficult Uh, i'm the only attorney here still i've got a paralegal so it's a really really small department Um, a typical day in the life let's see uh generally i handle all the all the contract work uh, most of the labor law work i oversee the litigation and uh, as well as the trademark and patent prosecution and anything else legal that comes to nordic naturals
0: yeah Rachel, that's fascinating right uh from any number of angles i, I would imagine you know, you're not busy at all, right? You don't need 25-hour days. You know, you're you're, you're good to go. Just a series of vacations, uh, given all of those responsibilities, right?
1: <laughs> well, there's lots to do, but um, I'm also given the authority to, when I need outside counsel's help, I'm able to get it. Um, and what I get done now is what I opposed to got done seven years ago is radically different because uh, systems put in place, you get Correct. better at what you're doing. You get more efficient, and you're able to do more um, with the same amount or less.
0: So yeah, um, and it's very interesting. I, I you know to pick up on that phrase, you know, do more with uh, with less. Let, let's explore that, right? You know, if we really take a look at how your role there has evolved, you know, across the last seven years, and uh, maybe when you even think of the the mission for your law department this year, as opposed to perhaps what the mission was, you know, six, seven years ago. Give us a sense of that, uh, you know, Rich. I mean, what are some key impressions or, in fact, uh, you know, if you had sort of an internal brand for your department, maybe it's, you know, business advisor or, you know, risk manager. I mean, what are some key sort of principles and brand principles that you use to sort of define what you do and how that's evolved over the last seven years. Yeah, there's, there's really been a
1: large evolutionary process that you could probably
0: uh, suspect
1: with coming in with nothing and developing yeah. the whole legal department. Um, I see myself now as a, um, as an advisor, as a trainer, as huh. a, uh, and a trainer, you say, Oh, but, um, when I think one of the biggest fun things about my job is when I was in in private practice you know you're a fee generator in that practice and as a fee right. generator. Um, or as an income source uh, what you do. Brings in dollars and so things like keeping up on the day to day changes in the law the trends the. Um, people just reading articles on what's going on in the industry, et cetera. You don't spend as much time on that. Of course, you want to be competent and and do your updating. But um, now that I'm not a fee generator, um, it's much more important to keep up on the day-to-day. Every day I look at articles and law changes, both nationally and, and statewide, and I find out what I need to do to Communicate that to all the members that in, in the organization that that affects, so that's um, the the uh, the training role I think is very, very important
0: yeah, Rich, that's particularly resonant for me. this idea that you know to truly be a business enabler to to be a business leader within a corporate law department. Uh, you you do have to have sort of that training hat on, right? So the ability to disseminate information and, you know, stay up to date and abreast of trends, and then how those trends impact the business and, you know, ensure that you're translating that information, uh, you know, within sort of your business operations and different growth initiatives. So I really like the fact that you call that out. And to that point, right, and, you know, we talk with any number of General counsel, in house legal professionals across different maturation stages, right? You know, one person law departments all the way up to, you know, law departments with, you know, hundreds of uh, you know, staff members. One thing that's always important though is just having the right skill sets to deliver on the mission. And whether that mission is, you know, as you said, you know, to be a trainer, to be a business advisor whether that mission is as a risk manager, maybe a little bit more compliance focused, you have to have the right people, the right skill sets represented. Uh, why don't you take us through sort of your philosophy, Rich, on leveraging outside counsel relationships, identifying characteristics of professionals that you choose to work with, and frankly professionals that you choose not to work with, in really driving the mission there. Okay,
1: I'm am a, I'm really a systems guy. I'm really a process. Oriented person, and um, I've got to got these rights. You got to find the right people with the right skills, <laughs> nice. put them in the right seats, doing the right thing the right way. And that kind of sounds formula, but um, if you do it, you know those those skill sets you need. You identify those skill skill sets in advance. Um, I'm kind of a combination old school, um, new school guy because uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm a lifelong learner, and I try to surround myself with lifelong learners in uh, everything I do. And that you have the benefit of old school thinking, but yet you still are open to embracing what the new can bring. And so um, old school part is I, I really want to, outside counsel, I really want to know who they are, what they do, how they've done it, what their success rate is, can they work with me, are they are they um, – can I get hold of them easily? Um, so picking the right outside skill sets, the right people, is is truly um, critical to, to what I do. And um, I want those people long-term. Uh, I'm not afraid to shift, but I want them to know who we are, what we do, how we do it, and why we do it, because I think they're better able to represent us if they know us inside and out.
0: That's a very good point. Uh, when you think of how they contextualize the recommendations and advice and research that they generate for you, it's best if they you know, continue to learn about the business. And I know your organization has experienced some growth over the last number of years. And so that that becomes very, very interesting. Now let's talk through, the next set of questions here, really around the process and systems side. I resonate and sort of welcome the fact that you, you see yourself as a, as a systems guy. I, I really like that, you know, right people, right systems, doing the right work at the right time. That certainly makes a, a lot of sense. Now, in application, in practice, maybe looking across the last seven years or maybe something a little bit more recent, rich where you've helped to identify a process challenge and then after that challenge is identified you connected that challenge to a solution that you helped to drive within the law department and then got some good feedback from your internal business partners and stakeholders maybe take us through some examples in that regard
1: okay the first example that comes to mind is the contract management system Um, when i arrived contracts You know, we're all in different departments. They were sometimes signed willy-nilly. Sometimes they were signed without any um, review. Sometimes they were sent out to outside counsel. There was just nothing, no process for for how they worked. And um, it was a very frustrating process for the stakeholders because oftentimes it would take weeks, sometimes months, to get the contract signed because of the back and forth with the lawyers and their So, when I came in, we set up this. I mean, over time, it's evolved, but the contract management system is such that, um, you know, when they receive it, and I've done some going back to the training, um, when they receive the contract, they're supposed to, there's two types, right? There are the types that I generate, and there are the types that are generated from outside companies. And those are probably 50 50. And if they're generated from me, I just want to know as much in advance as possible. and they're given to me, and I generate them. If they're coming from outside, then I've trained the various departments on what they need to do as soon as they get it, they need to do certain things, you need to check off certain boxes and they get it to me and getting it to me is getting it to that there's a um, an intake sheet that they fill out, which does the particulars do they want a meeting do they um, do they have any they have to have read it. Uh, do they have any concerns about it? Do they have any questions about it? They need, I need to know when it's due. I need to know when they received it. Uh, it's an accountability issue, because sometimes I'll get it. How long have you had this? Uh, uh, a month? Yeah, and you're giving me <laughs> today. Happens. You need a week. That, you're going to have to wait. And so it, it's almost like a parental thing, where you're punishing them for not doing their job. <laughs>
0: so,
1: Um, But we've got really good compliance over time. So this contract management system is in place, and um, it's really, really cut down the amount of time it takes to get contracts in and out. Um, It gets them reading the contracts in advance. It gets them understanding the contracts in advance and um, what I'm looking for particularly. um, And what uh, a typical example is, have you worked with these people before? Because if not, then I want a fairly quick out clause. I don't want to be stuck into someone with a year, year contract that we don't have a way out and we've never done business with these people before. And we're paying them up front in advance. That's not a contract I'm comfortable with. <laughs> exactly. They need to know these things. Oh, I've never worked with them. Um, you know, we can negotiate on the term. We can negotiate on the, the payment structure, et cetera. So I guess that's the first thing that comes to mind is the, the contract management system
0: rich that's a great success story and you know when you think of the contracts management process and system look almost every single law department has that as a critical challenge i i I don't believe there's a law department out there that's completely figured out and optimized to its greatest extent uh, the contracts management process so i I like some of the strides that you've made uh, and i know that that's certainly very resonant with uh folks that that hear you sort of talk about the process, you know, how you put some of those steps in place. Just staying on that, right? I mean, this idea of, you know, reducing contract cycle time and, you know, driving efficiencies in the process. Do your internal business partners and your stakeholders, do they see those same benefits? And are they embracing those same benefits?
1: Absolutely. They see the benefits in the time turnaround. They see the benefits of of um, they can tell in advance, they can tell the per- people they're negotiating with, at least partially, uh, my department, my legal department's not going to like this section. They're not going to like this section. So is, mm. is that a, a deal killer? And so I kind of know in advance. They know in advance, and they know that maybe they need to look at another another vendor or another um, provider. So they're uh, armed with with tools in their toolbox that they didn't have before and they like that and it really works well for them as well
0: yeah that's a, a fantastic way to just empower your internal business developers and you know internal sales and and you know other functions that are driving some of those relationships i i really like that uh, example and to so the point about empowerment i mean that's true enablement and why i ask whether they see those benefits and, and you know, part of what's underneath that question which is they do see the benefits and are they ascribing those benefits squarely on the shoulders of their law department? So are they saying, hey, without the law department's role, without Rich's role in this regard, we probably would have been at, you know, level C, but now we happen to be at level A minus or, you know, uh, level A plus. Give me a sense of who they ascribe those benefits to.
1: I think they ascribe some of that to me uh, and some of that to our department, but some of it also is they, they take um some of that and take pride in it. they've actually uh worked with the process and help improve the process as well. And you know when, when you first get into an organization like this, there's a lot of reluctance. Oh my God, it's the legal department. Yeah. You know, it's, they're gonna dot every I and cross every T and and getting all the the stakeholders and all the employees to really buy in that hey, he's just another one of the guys that are just wants to um to make this a better Uh, More efficient uh, process, and it's going to make our lives easier, not harder. Exactly. And to to see that uh, you know today they embrace, especially like sales. I think I discussed these before that that um, you know I I don't want to be looked at as a no sales department. I want to be looked at as (laughs) enabling or helping sales because without sales we don't have a business. I don't have a job, so I want (laughs) to do sales, but I want to at the same time minimize risk and do things that don't create roadblocks and help na- navigate the minefields that are out there so that uh, we can do uh, go very straightforward in, in getting our products on the market, uh, developing new products, uh, getting better at what we do, and um, selling more.
0: Yeah, Rich, as very well said, uh, particularly around the impression of other legal departments, you know, kind of the no sales, you know, revenue prevention department, and you're certainly doing your part very successfully, I should note, and changing that, you know, impression and perception. So very well said. Last couple of questions here as we start to round out again, you've shared just with us and some really good insights. What are your thoughts on value measurements and metrics and KPIs and those up as part of a report? Is that something that you've been either inspired to do based on the culture there, maybe not so much inspired to do. These conversations are more informal. Maybe take us through your your thinking in that regard.
1: Um, Yeah, we haven't done a lot with that in the legal department. We've been too busy doing other things, but uh, certainly certainly, um, that's been put out there with, um, with outside counsel spend. You know, I'm very, very meticulous about who we use, why we use them. Uh, I want to get value. Um, I don't want to have to pay prices that I think are prohibitive. Um, I want to have budgets in advance. Um, I want to have deliverables. I want to be able to talk to the council responsible at the end about how it went, get the scorecard so that uh, how it went. Uh, Did we get expectations? Um, Did we meet budget? Um, you know reward if it's if it's a particularly good success doing alternate fee arrangements so the scorecards are mostly have to do with outside council spend
0: interesting yeah that's very interesting and that scorecard in process uh, i guess just within this you know second to last question here that uh, scorecard in process rich is collaborative so that's between you and outside counsel you're coming up with those questions around whether it's a postmortem, whether it's you know, kind of an alignment review, give me a sense of how that scorecard actually takes shape. Well, I have a, a scorecard. I'm
1: not uh, going to go on the particulars, but there's there's various um, ch- uh, columns in the scorecard, and the outside counsel has these in advance. They know what they're going to be graded on. Um, they actually embrace that. They Ah, uh, oh, interesting. Because the council I work with, again, I, I'm I really want them to know who we are, and that's a process of you know sometimes they'll come out and visit us to our corporate headquarters, meet some of the the key stakeholders, et cetera. But um, they've embraced that, and um, the process usually goes pretty smooth. Okay. And I usually have one one attorney in the firm that, that manages that, and obviously the various projects maybe referred out to other attorneys but um, but the scorecard is something that uh, everyone knows in advance and knows what it's gonna be like so um, it, it's been working out really well
0: yeah look uh, that that's certainly you know just given some of our benchmark and uh, you know rich also just drawn from some of my you know experiences and a- anecdotes that's a really good practice uh, to be honest with you that you've established and to the point about how your outside counsel they, they embrace that uh, really on the front end so you know you may get you know one or two maybe <laughs> touch bases where folks may want to learn a little bit you know a little bit more about that and, and pick your brain a bit Yeah, you know, I i would venture to say there are a number of individuals in your position that have, haven't quite figured that out yet just the, the right sort of sequence and 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 how do you sort of ensure that you get outside counsel to embrace that so again very well done in that regard last question here looking across the next five to ten years uh, Rich, where do you see yourself you know, professionally, personally? And you could take this question in any direction. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay,
1: well, I see myself professionally um, growing daily, hopefully. Um, the department, I think, is gonna grow because I think that uh, there's some things we can hire more people to do more things uh, in-house. Um, I think, because I think the company's on a really, really upward cycle and we're, we're um, we're doing some great things, and I'm I'm uh, absolutely sold on it because it's like I said I, I'm I, it's a health and fitness company, and that's that's one of my passions or my passions my health and fitness. I've been a workout guru since five years old for six <laughs> days a week without It's, ambitious. it's so, really uh, ambitious. <laughs> I came to I came to this organization with that in mind. Is uh, when I left private practice, if I was going to leave, what what would I leave for? And there was a checklist and this company met all the checklists. And so that's why I I got here. And so in in, in the next five years I see us growing. I see myself growing. I see the department growing and um I see nothing but good things. And oh by yeah, the way, just, um, I'll go I ahead arrived, uh, being alone here you know, in a law firm environment, you always have somebody walk down the hall and talk to. When I arrived here, I had nobody to talk to. I had to reach out to friends and colleagues, and um, I really was thankful for them to uh, allow me to, to tap them in you know, no fee. And so I, I feel compelled that, um, to reach out and help anybody. Anybody wants to reach out, I'm more than happy to talk about my experiences. I hardly know everything. I know very little, but what I do know, I'm happy to share
0: look, very well said, and that's spot on. And I would venture to say, look, you know, if you go back and just review some of the the insights that you've shared just as part of this conversation and some of the best practices and, you know, success stories, I wouldn't imagine that there's some really good insight and mentorship uh, opportunities just related to that. So, Rachel, thank you so much. Uh, I think I mentioned this to you right before uh we started our conversation. I think the most important skill set is gratitude. And uh, I am grateful, immensely grateful to you for you know, taking the time and sharing some of your wisdom. Let's keep the conversation going. This concludes uh, our business enabler conversation with Rich. And, again, really thank uh, Rich for his time. Anything thank else? Thank you as well. Yeah, thank you as well. You. It,
1: was, uh, it was a pleasure. And um, it's uh, thought-provoking, as always, and that's uh, always a good thing. Thanks so much, Rich. All right, we'll talk. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey. Okay.